0: worship him in the spirit tonight. Just sing out to him. Hallelujah. You are holy God. And we love you, Lord. We worship you and glorify your name. worthy, God. You are so worthy, God. Hallelujah, Jesus.
1: Oh, bless be your name. Blessed you. bless you. bless you be your name. And the Spirit of the Lord says, Have I not said in my word that I am the rock? Have I not said in my word that I am the fortress? Have I not said in my word, hide yourself in the cliff? Hide yourself in me. My children, I say to you tonight, my arms are still open wide. My greatest desire is you not lean upon your own understanding, but run to me. (laughs) Run into my arms, says the Spirit of the Lord, for I will wrap you up and I will hold you and I will love on you and I will protect you and I will allow no harm to come to you for you are mine and I have paid a price for you. Why do you worry? Why do you fear? For I say, look up, for your redemption is near. Your redemption is here. I am in your midst through this time, says the Lord. I have never walked away, nor will I ever walk away. I have sustained you, I have taken you by the hand, and I have walked you through this time. Trust me, trust me, trust me says the Spirit of the Lord, for I am not done. Greater things have yet to come says the Spirit of the Lord. The trial is over, and I'm about to open the floodgates of heaven upon you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to receive that which I have for you? For I will not hold back if you will just come to me, says the Spirit of the Lord.
2: father we thank you tonight we bless you lord we praise you thank you for your manifest presence here tonight lord we thank you for the weightiness of your presence in this place thank you lord for this holy moment thank you lord hallelujah for you're so near us god hallelujah we worship you we lay down our lives tonight we lay it down god we lay it down Everything, Lord, even the things that would hinder us from drawing nearer, and we hear your voice tonight, Father, we come, Bata, Roboko, soto, We come tonight, God, with all that we have, we come. Hallelujah. We come tonight. We heed your voice, Father. Tonight, we come. We come, Lord. Father, we come with our petitions. We come as we lift up our unsaved loved ones. We bring them to you. Mm. Uh, We lift them up before you tonight, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And in your presence tonight, we pray, Lord, for the EACM. We pray for every church, every ministry, every parachurch, every minister, Lord God, under this umbrella. We lift them up before you. You are the prayer answering God. You are the miracle working God. Hallelujah. There's nothing too hard for you, Lord. Nothing is too hard for you. And Father, we pray even for those that are watching. Hallelujah. As they live stream tonight. Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would visit their homes, that you would hover. Hallelujah, that you would make your abode there in the name of Jesus, your presence that changes and transforms lives will be manifest in every home, just as you are in this place. Thank you for this place, Father, that you've set aside and you've called as your own, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For this is a building, yes, but this is a place where your people gather. Hallelujah. We gather in your name. We gather to seek your face. We gather in surrender. We gather to rejoice. We gather, hallelujah, to call upon the name of our God. To seek your face. To turn from our wicked ways. That you might hear from heaven. Forgive our sins and heal our land. Father, we pray for the chaplains, the FRC and the IAC. We lift them up before you tonight. And we just speak blessing over them, Lord God. Strength and courage and might. Hallelujah. For the assigned task and the Damandere In the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord God, for Apostle C and Sister C. We pray for Pastor Gardner tonight. And Father, tonight we pray especially, we pray intently, and we pray fervently for our bishop and Dr. Cheryl. Father, we lift them up before you. Oh God, we pray for them tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. Father God, that you would endow them again, Lord God. That you would grace them again, Lord God. Hallelujah, Father God, that you would speak to them again, Lord God. Hallelujah, God, that, you again, Lord God. Hallelujah. that you would give them all, all that they need for this season. Hallelujah, Lord God. Even as a work, Lord God. Hallelujah. I hear you saying it's a quick work. You're going to move mightily. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I even hear that there will be exponential growth in this house. So I thank you, Lord God, even for the downpour, for the download, Hallelujah. For the impartation, for the deposit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That we would go with you, Lord. That we would move with you in this house. Hallelujah, that we would move as you move, that we would speak as you speak, Lord God, that we would declare your words, God, hallelujah, glory to your name, Jesus, hallelujah, that we would move in step with you, Lord, as we follow our leaders, Lord, thank you, Lord, God, thank you for the men and women of God, thank you, Lord, thank you for the vision you've given them, thank you, Lord, thank you for the grace you've given them and the grace that's on this house, Father, we praise you and we bless you for it, Lord God, Hallelujah. We thank you for the souls that are coming. We thank you for the laborers, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. Thank you for sending them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the excitement, God. Hallelujah. That's in this house. And even those that are watching who can't wait to get here. Hallelujah. Those that are watching, Lord God, who cannot stand it any longer. Glory to God. I pray that you would speak to their faith, Lord God. That you would strengthen and build their faith, Lord. That they would trust you as they come out Lord that they would trust you as they assemble with us uh, that they would trust you as we gather together Lord uh, hallelujah that you would do your greatest work uh, For you are the wise master builder father and we thank you Lord uh, that you are doing your greatest work uh, you're performing your greatest masterpiece uh, hallelujah in this house uh, and amongst your people uh, father we bless you uh, we honor you Lord uh, we give you glory Lord God uh, for the miracles uh, Signs uh, and wonders uh, that will be the norm uh, that will be commonplace in this house Uh, Father we thank you for the manifestation of your glory, your power and presence oh God, Uh, thank you Lord God, uh, hallelujah for how you meet the needs of the people here Lord God, uh, that you pour out upon us Lord, uh, in greater measure Lord, uh, in greater fashion oh God, with clarity of vision Lord God, uh, with clarity and concise uh, words that spoken from you, hallelujah, glory be to God, for deliverances and healings that will be manifest in this place, even this night, Lord, as we worship you, we glorify you, we bless you, oh Lord, we exalt you, oh God, hallelujah, hallelujah, we thank you, Lord, that it is you, God, that causes us to ascend in worship, we ascend to the higher place, Lord, we ascend as we do war we ascend lord god to the holy place we ascend hallelujah in the grace that you've given us and placed on this house lord these leaders come hallelujah we ascend oh god oh, we bless you tonight oh lord hallelujah glory be to god Yes, Lord, and Father, we just speak your peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding over these people in this house and those that are watching in their homes, your peace hallelujah to guard our hearts and minds to stand watch over it like a sentinel hallelujah in the name of jesus yes lord and as one people with one voice and with one heart in this place and we worship you we declare your goodness your glory and your greatness hallelujah and we bless and magnify the name of our lord god hallelujah for it's in the name of jesus and only in in that name that we pray and we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm having fun.
3: To be in the presence of the Lord tonight. Thankful to be alive. Thankful to be able to know him and be used of him in a season that is truly unprecedented. Nothing like it ever before. And that's the awesomeness of our God. Amen? He shines, and because he shines, we shine. God is good. So exciting to be here with you tonight. So excited that God's given me another word to share. And so I am just blessed by all the wonderful folks here. I love everybody's face. It's so good to see them. Amen. And it'll be so good to see your face out there. Thank you for joining us tonight on live stream. I want to cover some thoughts that the Lord's given me about Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8. And I called it, Go Over to the Other Side. You know, we came from Passover now, heading to Pentecost. And just like the Israelites, we had to cross over. And how many of you would say, yep, and we made it. We've crossed over and come to the other side of this thing. And I find I have to still be gracious and loving and kind because there's so many out there that are full of fear. How many of you would say, you know what? God's given me perfect peace amidst this whole thing. And he really has. He's given us a peace to know you are coming out the other side. You're going over. Because I have work for you to do, says the Lord. And so let's look at this tonight because we have and are and continue to go to the other side. If you look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35 tonight, he says, The same day when the even was come, that means the evening, he said unto them, To who? His disciples to us. How many of you are a disciple of Jesus? He's saying to us, let us pass over to the other side. Now, we read that even in the word and we just don't think a whole lot about it. Okay, God, what's up? The disciples, they're to get to the other side, go pass over to the other side. But I want to give you a little peek into the life of the Jewish people at that time and even now in Israel. They're at the Sea of Galilee. And it's very interesting because historically Jews hate water. That's right. They have this thing that bad things happen on the water. Look at Jonah in the belly of a fish for three days. Look at Noah and the flood. Look at the storms always on the Sea of Galilee. Now, you have to know that culture and you have to know that body of water. When I was in Galilee and we were at the Sea of Galilee, it was very calm. But even the uh, person running the boat said, We don't go out too far because you never know what's going to hit. And I began to say, what do you mean? You see, water to the Jewish people means chaos. Bodies of water mean there could be a lot of chaos going on. Why? Because in the Sea of Galilee, there could be sudden waves that will just be like the size of a wall of water and suddenly take out a boat, take them down, and they would go into 85 feet of water and never be found. So there was this attitude about the water. And I'm sure that the disciples we're a little bit skittish. <laughs> okay, what does he mean? Let's go to the other side. Because there was a fear. To this day, when you travel there, the shoreline is not developed anywhere around the Sea of Galilee. Interesting point. Why? It's owned by the government, so there's no development because nobody wants to buy any of that area anyway. <laughs> that thing about water. Now look with me at Luke chapter 8, verse 22. How many of you are getting some extra insight to what may have been going on in the minds of the disciples? In Luke 8, 22, it says, One day Yeshua got into a boat with his Talmudim, or his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. Again, it makes sense if we think for a minute that they might have been a bit nervous. Because when Jesus said, let us go over to the other side of the lake, you're talking about a group of men who had lived their whole lives on the Sea of Galilee. They had lived in the Galilean region, and they had fished, and they were fishers, and they had made a living of being fishermen. So they knew the perils of being on that water. They knew it. They knew how to go just so far out, throw their nets over, and if they weren't catching anything, the frustration would come in, and they knew that part of it was that what? Fear of Water. How many of you are getting like, oh. I mean, we don't think nothing of going out on metropolitan beach water. We don't think nothing about going out to Stony Creek or out to the marina, taking the boat out, running around there. We don't think anything of it. Why? Because uh, we don't have 85 feet to get drowned in and lost. We don't have that fear cuz our water doesn't suddenly out of nowhere come up with a storm I mean it can be sunshine and 90 in Israel and all of a sudden there'll be this wave of clouds blow in and pouring rain I mean I saw it it was incredible So here they are And the other important point that is historical that we wouldn't know about is on the other side that Jesus was talking about when he said, let us cross over and go to the other side, there was the city of Decapolis. And it was full of forbidden things. Jews were forbidden to go over to the other side of Decapolis. It was thriving, it was real modern, but it was vulgar. Probably full of every vice you could imagine, right? And they were like, is he crazy? What Jesus You got a clue what's going on over in Decapolis? Any good Jew's not supposed to go over there. And you want to go crossing over. Here he was telling them to go over, get in this boat, and go over where they had spent their entire life avoiding. It's almost like your mother told you no, and he's telling you go do it. But I love what they did. Let's look at verse 23 through 25. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. So the first thing I want you to see right there is they sailed. They were obedient. They did what he asked them to do. But he fell asleep and there came down a storm of wind on the lake. Here we go. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and they woke him up. Jesus, Master, we perish. And then he arose. Don't you love it? The thing is rocking and rolling. Everybody's probably puking over the side. I mean, it's a mess. Uh, water in the boat, probably enough to drown them all. And then he got up. <laughs> and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. That's our Jesus. And he said to them, Where is your faith? Now I love it in the Hebrew Bible, it says, Where is your trust? Aha. Uh-huh. Who do you trust? What's up, dudes? Where is your trust, your faith? And they being afraid, see? Afraid, fear, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now I want you to look at this for a minute. Because they were obedient. They were freaked out when the storm hit. And I'm sure that they probably in their minds thought, okay, great. I did what you said. And now look, I'm going to die. How many times during this season has Jesus said, get in the boat, let's go to the other side. And you have been full of fear. I can't, I can't even go out of the house, Lord. And the Lord said, get out and take a walk. Get out and just you know, And somebody's walking the other way, and you go, okay, i got to be six feet. And, and the Lord's going, would you chill out? And the Lord's telling you or me, get in the boat. And we're like, I don't think I can get in that boat. What boat? I guess that's what I'm asking you tonight. What boat is he telling you to get in? What is he making you in your life right in this season confront that you've got fear? I don't want to go there, Lord. I don't want to touch that thing. He's going, don't worry about it. We're going to the other side. You're going, what if that storm hits? What if that person blows up at me? What if that person hates me for the rest of their lives? What if this happens? What if I get in my car and it doesn't make it to the corner? Fear. Fear of getting in the boat with Jesus. Listen to me. He's there with us. He gets in the boat with them. He's with us in our boat. I've been ministering even over the phone to so many that say, I couldn't sleep last night. I had so much fear. Okay, we're binding this up in the name of Jesus. Saints, it's time to get in the boat. (laughs) Let's go over. To the other side. So they go. See, the thing I want you to see is that, and I've preached this before, so this is not news to you. When you take that word obedience, there's this little three-letter word in the middle of obedience. O-B-E-D-I-E. N-C-E. D-I-E. I e. See when we get in the boat, no matter how much kicking and screaming, no matter how much fear, we're obedient. And you know what? That's the step towards dying. Dying to us, but alive to him. We got to die. Paul said, I die daily. I just gave it up. I just die every day. A little more of me relinquishes and surrenders every day. And that's what we got to do. God, I don't think I can do what you're asking today, but I'm going to obey. And then that little piece in us dies. If we will go into the boat and just start crossing over, that fear has to die out of nothing more than our obedience to Jesus. Don't you love that? It's like we take one step. And he takes five. So they make a choice. And that's another thing. They made a choice. You make choices every day of your life. They made a choice. Either we're going to get in the boat and go to the other side or we're going to miss the next thing he's doing. We're going to miss the next thing he's teaching. We're going to miss something. So we better just get in the boat and go to the other side. Listen. That's what we do every day of our lives. Okay, God, I don't want to miss a thing of what you're doing. So I'm just going to get in the boat and hang on for the ride. (laughs) Isn't that true in your journey with him? We make choices. And he's going to ask you, who do you trust? Who do you trust? See, when we look at the scripture in the KJV, Good old King James, he says, where is your faith? You know, for that, we could probably say, well, I got a little mustard seed. But when you look at the Hebrew and it says, who do you trust? Wow. Because you got to provide an answer now. You can't look to your mustard seed. Now you got to say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you, Jesus. Say that. I trust you, Jesus. See, he's going to call us to that. He's going to call every one of us, those that are watching by live stream, he's going to say to you, who do you trust? Those that are sitting here, he's going to say, who do you trust? Do you trust me? That's why he tells us, be like that little kid. Be like children. Children, trust. Children, trust. When you say to a little kid and you're crossing the street with them and you say, give me your hand, they give you their hand. When you say, come here, I want to fix something on your clothes, they come because they trust the people that love them. He loves you. He loves me. I trust him. He's going to work that work in your life. Well, then came the storm. How many of you know that you know that you know when that storm hit there in that boat, every one of them thought, why did we get in this boat? I mean, come on, let's just be real. I'd have thought, okay, great, why would I do this? Why would I get in this boat? Maybe we could have walked to the other side. <laughs> Hello? Okay, so now they get in this boat and look at this. Verse... was that? 25. Okay. But I want you to look even further because in the next set of verses, and we're not going to read them because it gets long, but it's so awesome because they get to the other side and Jesus is the only one that gets out of the boat. And they get to the other side, Gerasenes, and they uh, get out and Jesus gets out of the boat in verse 26. And it's really awesome because I want you to just write that down for yourself. Verse 26 through 29, because what we see here is the madman of Gadarene. Now, they don't know the madman of Gadarene. We don't really know him. We know him because of the Bible. We know that they got in the boat, they crossed over to the other side, they, you know, they get there, and they see a man, and he's crazy, and he's cutting himself. And he's foaming at the mouth and he's naked and he's screaming at them from the tombs and he looks like death. Oh, great. We came to the other side and he's coming at them. And Jesus, I love it. Jesus gets out of the boat. See, I want you to see here that for Jesus, it was just another day in ministry. Okay, I got to go minister to this man. And they are sitting in the boat. They would not get out of the boat. They sat in the boat thinking, what has he gotten us into? Right? I'll never forget when I first started to see Bishop, and we were getting serious about our lives, and we never dated. Every time he took me out, it was to go to a deliverance and to do an inner healing, and so we would really never go out on a date. So I'll never forget. He said, "You know," and he'd say, "Oh, I want I want you to come with me to do this do some ministry." Okay. And I really wasn't that familiar in those days with deliverance. And so he said, I want you to help me tonight. We're going to do some deliverance on uh, this person and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, thinking in my mind, like Jesus, another day of ministry. So we get to the place uh, and at that time we used to use what the 700 club building because they would let us use it to minister deliverance and inner healing and inner healing man I was like moving and shaking and I understood but deliverance was just a bit of a new thing and so we get there and I mean this man we were working on with and there was a team of us it wasn't just us but this man cut loose and You know, he was like screaming. And and I'm like, oh my God. And I thought, what has he gotten me into? What about just a nice little church with a nice picket fence and, you know, I can take care of the flower bed or something. And I watched as they ministered and I helped, but I was like, Okay, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Because I was like freaked, like the disciples. I mean, later on, okay, no big deal. Come on, the name of Jesus, all that. But I I was just so taken aback because they had to learn. We have to learn stuff. But I know how they felt. It was like, what is he doing? He takes us to the other side. Now we're faced with this guy. He's cutting himself. And I want to say one thing. I believe that Jesus took them to the other side for that one man. He went all the way across the lake or the sea just for that one man. He knew he knew there was a need saints. God say, get in the boat. Come on, let's go to the other side because there's a need. I want you to come out of what you're comfortable with. You got to get in the boat. You got to go. We got things to do. The kingdom is now and we got to advance. So get ready because he's saying to you, get in the boat. Come on. I want you to go to the other side. I want you to minister life to these people that look like death cutting themselves, bloodied, just crazy eyes. And I want you to know something. Because we have drawn closer to him, because we've spent time, because we know and sense his presence everywhere we go. Listen, I walked into the grocery store and sensed his presence. Why? Because I know him in a greater measure than I ever have. And I don't have to stand there and command demons to keep coming out of people. All I gotta do is look at them and say, Jesus is the answer. And one lady looked at me and she says, Wow, there's like this, there's something in your eyes. I just, Wow. And she says, I just feel like God touched me. Yeah, he did. Because, saints, you're it, you're who he's gonna use. In the boat, and once you get out of the boat, Jesus went over there even for one. You got to get ready because God's going to put you and you and you and you and you and you. He's going to take all of us and you out there. He's going to take you and he is going to make you go to the other side. He's going to make you risk, risk your fears, risk your apprehensions, risk and trust, trust him. That when you get there, you're going to be a herald of peace and healing. And you're going to set people free. And you're going to bring a living testimony of his mercy, his forgiveness, his redemption. Wow. Oh, to be used like that. He's a God always of redemption. He loves us. He loves us. What boat are you having to contend with? See, just make a choice. I'm going with Jesus forward, and I'm never looking back. I'm never, ever going to look back. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Well, I don't know. I don't know, Dr. Cheryl. What if I get in the boat and he's not there? He's there. He's with you. He's always there. Trust. Trust him. Where does he want you to go? Where are you sailing to? What happens if you think in your mind, okay, I'll do it, and then you feel like you made the wrong choice when you get there? Uh Uh-uh. He is in control. Hashem is always in control. There are no mistakes in God. He will make plan B, plan A. But Dr. Cheryl, what if I get there and this crazy person is running at me screaming? And they're all nuts. Love. Love. Calm them. Bring love to their life. People can scream at you. They can scream right in your face. It's what do you do with it? I'm not letting nobody take advantage of me. You don't belong to you anymore. You belong to him. And he's not going to put you in a position where they're going to come at you and kill you, but you're going to minister life to people. You may not like what they say to you. Well, what if they say things that are offensive to me? Aw. Welcome to the world of ministry. People are going to say offensive things. People are going to do offensive things. I had uh, a person say to me one time, So-and-so called me up, and they wanted to give me a prophetic word. I said, who do you think you are? I'm a prophet, too. I said, so what did that mean to you? Well, that offended me. Why? Do you always prophesy to yourself? And then they stopped a minute. Well, they said my relative uh, is no good, and there's no chance for them to come to Christ. I said, no, there's things that you just don't get mad at people. Just say, okay, well, I'm sorry. I don't agree with you because my Jesus is always redemptive. My Jesus always wants people to come to him. So I don't believe any person until they die and are not breathing and can't respond And then you don't know if they've made a decision for Christ or not. But I believe he's a God of redemption and love. We're going to get offended, but who do we trust? Who do we believe? And God spoke this to me. He said, what is most precious to you? And I said, you are Jesus. He says, and beyond that, I said, well, my family, my church people, my my church family, my leadership. He says, and what else? I said, well, souls, kingdom. He says, that's the most precious thing to me, souls. Wow. Saints. He wants us to get in the boat. He wants us to go to the other side. Why? For souls. He went all the way to the other side for the madman of Gadarenes. One person. Because when that one person got healed that day, the whole town came and saw this man sitting in his right mind talking to Jesus. Whoo! who, Jesus, you could lead one person to Christ and not even realize that they are going to lead their entire family, their entire neighborhood. The Hebrew word for trust, to trust God, the Hebrew word is yachal, Y-A-C-H-A-L. Yeah. Do we trust him? You see, Job trusted him. Job lost everything. Job, Job said, if he kills me, if he slays me, I'm serving him. I'll trust him. I'm going on with Jesus. You can't look back. You can't look at, well, I lost this, I lost that. Forget it. Keep going with Jesus. I always tell you, keep doing the right things you know to do. He's going to come through. But what is precious to you? My Jesus, souls, my loved ones. Listen, great story, and I, I have to tell it. There is a story in Jewish Hebrew literature about a married man who just wanted to be single again and not be burdened. With a wife. So one day he had learned under Jewish law he could get rid of her and he could claim, well, she never gave me a child. So finding that as his escape, he went and he talked to his rabbi and he said, Rabbi, we've never had children. Not that he really cared to or even tried. (laughs) He says, We've never had children. And I just really want a divorce based on Jewish law. So the rabbi knew the couple. And he said he would grant the divorce only after speaking to the man's wife. So after meeting with her, the rabbi called the man to the office and told him he would grant that divorce under one condition. The man was just heartbroken. He knew there was a catch. So the rabbi said the condition. He said he was to allow his wife to go into their home and find the most precious thing to herself and let her have it. So the man was like, really? That's it? I just got to let her have the one thing that is most precious to her? I'm free if I just give her that one thing. So he ran out into the streets that night, grabbed his drinking buddies, had a big party at his house that night to celebrate his freedom. Well, you see, he got a little carried away and was totally knocked out drunk. When he awoke, he found himself in bed at his father-in-law's home with his wife sitting next to him. And he looked around, he saw his wife, and he asked, what am I doing here? His wife said, well, the rabbi said, I could go to your house and take what was the one thing most precious to me. So the man got brightened up and he said, well, did you find it? She said, yes, honey, it was you. The story goes that the man came to his senses and didn't get the divorce, but remained happily married forever after that. You see, sometimes you can lose everything like Job did. But when you continue prioritizing what's really important, what is most precious in your walk with God, in your journey, you're going to win in the end because he's going to make plan B, plan A. He's going to show you. He's going to show you how precious you are to him, but how precious others are to you, other souls, your family. One thing about COVID-19, it really helped everybody put their priorities in order. It really had people thinking, what's important? It brought things to the head. Some people, are going to have to deal with situations they've just been letting go. But no matter what, if they're walking with God, if we can get the message out there after COVID, if we can get to hurting broken people and get the message, there is hope. You can trust Jesus. Wow. This is the most incredible harvest season. Saints, We can be the most effective than we've ever been now. But will we get in the boat? Will we go to the other side? Will we live expectantly, expectantly every day, being ready to be obedient to get in whatever boat to the God we love? Will we? At the end of the book of Mark, and even in Luke, we see one more time where Jesus changes places with a very bloody, broken man. And that's where he's hanging on the cross. Jesus and the two thieves. At one point, both of them, if you study the scriptures, were hurling insults at Jesus on the cross. But at some point, Jesus went over to the other side. And the one he exchanged places with. He gave his life for the one. The one that... We're so afraid we're going to get offended. He might say something to hurt my feelings. I might get, ooh, I might get, if I touch them, I might get blood on me. I don't think Jesus even cared at that point. He says, I'm about to give up the ghost, but you know what, bro? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Why? Just because this man on the side of Jesus, while Jesus was bloody, broken, not much left, Man too, he was bloody and broken and cried out. He crossed over to the other side for the man who was bloodied and cut up, coming out of the tombs. And he was bloody and broken and gave his life for the man going into the tomb. Wow, He just don't quit. All for one. To why? Shed his blood for, say, for eternity. Bless this man. Change, exchange his uncleanness for Jesus' cleanness. Exchange his brokenness for Jesus making him whole. Exchange the chaos the man was in, hanging on that cross, miserable, tormented. For what? Peace. Peace. So Jesus has taken us through our storms. Why? So we can have peace. Why? Because we're precious to him. I want to close with Romans 8, verse 38 and 39. We are unable to separate. From the love of Jesus. Look at this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels, not principalities or powers, things present, things to come, nor height, depth, any other creature can separate us From the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why we can look at our lives sometimes and say, To whom much is forgiven, (laughs) much is appreciated, much is loved. See, when you look at your life and you think me precious to God, yeah, but look what he's redeemed you from. You're not that person anymore. Paul. Paul killed thousands of Christians but tortured them, beat them, cut them, you name it, clubbed them. But here's Paul, and he's saying... I've given my life for Christ. Why? Because only Jesus can make a Saul a Paul. Only Jesus can take us from where we've been and make us who we are. Awesome. But we got to be willing to get in the boat. We got to be willing to make a choice. We've got to be willing to not look back. Get rid of your past. Cut it off. We've got to be willing to become people full of integrity, full of honor, full of truth, full of honesty. That's why God's dealing with the church in this hour, because we've failed miserably in a lot of places. But, oh, he's looking. He's looking at the church in this hour. He's looking at the nations. He's looking at America, and he's saying, oh, I like what I see. I like it. They're turning around. They're seeking my face. They're crying out to me in repentance. I love it. I'm going to pay attention to those lives, and I'm going to raise them up for kingdom work in this hour exciting I want you to watch this clip it comes up. life's simple you make choices you choose to get in the boat and go to the other side with him and don't look back God is so good and I just really want to encourage you take this let God just mull it over in your mind this week. Go back and look at Luke chapter 8. Go back and look at Mark chapter 4. Just read it and let it seep into your spirit. He wants you to get in his boat and don't look back. Maybe you're out there tonight. Maybe you just happened on live stream to watch this uh, service, but Maybe you're like, what kind of boat do I get in? Jesus' boat. But in order to get into his boat, you have to receive him into your heart. And that's what I want you to see tonight. Maybe you've, maybe you've not spent this time with God throughout the virus. Maybe you've just been depressed, angry, fearful, and trying to stay busy in your home, I want to tell you, just try, Jesus. You'll never regret it. And I want to just say to you tonight that God's shown me you are in for a big overhaul. God wants to change your life. He wants to give you the things that you long for, but he's going to fill them up in a better way. So I'm going to invite you tonight. to Just pray with me and give your heart to Christ. Or maybe you, you think you know him. I don't know. A lot of people think they know God, but it's all up here. He wants to get to your heart. So just pray with me. Say, Jesus Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again. You're the only God that claims to be God. And your bones ain't in the ground. So thank you because you shed your blood for me. So that I could live forever with you. Come in, Jesus. Come on in and live. Show me. Let me start a journey or even continue this journey with you. I love you, Jesus, and I want to love you more. I want to love you more, and I want to love you more. Thank you. It's not the prayer that saves you, but it's the public acknowledgement even in your home that he is Lord. And that's the beginning. You're going to walk with him. I just challenge you sit and do nothing, but listen for him to talk to you. Let him speak through the thought patterns of your mind and tell you how much he loves you. Tell tell you how much he's going to do for your life and how he's going to turn things around. Just sit. Read the Bible. Doesn't matter. You don't have to understand everything. You just got to let him get in the boat, and take you to the other side. I'm so glad that you're watching tonight. And I want to just pray as we close. Father, you're a good God. And you love us. And we are precious to you because we represent souls. And we are your kids. And I ask tonight, God, that you would put such a passion and such a hunger for souls in all of us that we would just not be able to function unless we could spread the gospel message. So God, let this word soak right into our spirit. And I thank you tonight that As we go, I bless every person watching, listening, present. I bless them, bless them, bless them to overtake them. Bless them that they won't be able to contain all the blessings. And Lord, I thank you that you keep them and protect them through this week. Protect their loved ones. Protect their families, their mates, their children. Protect their neighborhoods. God Let us hide under the shadow of your wings, and we give you all the glory tonight, in Jesus' name, amen.